Welcome to the WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fantastic show lined up for you today. Some big topics. AMD is launching their Ryzen 7000 CPUs this fall. And you know what? Okay, Luke, I'm going to give you the good topics for a change because you complained and it was very complainy. So I don't want, to, wow. I don't want, I don't want you wow. to feel complainy wow. anymore. Bring it up one time in 10 years. And it's very complaining. Very complaining. Anyways, I, I fix it. Start selling Steam Deck parts. Calls out consoles. Get wrecked consoles. Um, and Twitter fined 150 million dollars for Ooh. misusing 2FA data. 150 million. Also, I will be oh. explaining my incendiary tweet yesterday. I had a very negative experience with one Jazzco maker of smart home accessories. So I'll be talking, I mean, really, I guess I'll be catching you up, Luke, on what exactly happened yeah. there and yeah. why I'm a lot more angry than just if I bought a product and it didn't work as I expected. That's right. Wow. It's going to be a heck of a show today, guys. I'm going to try really hard not to have any of it be a hot take, though. Okay? It's all going to be very reasonable and grounded. Don't you have, don't you have literally a topic that is a hot take? Uh, yes. I guess it comes down to what a hot take is. But yeah, yeah. Maybe a legitimate complaint isn't a hot take. Exactly. Maybe we're good. Yeah. And you know what else isn't? The intro. Boom. Show is brought to you today by Vulture. Axiom and Secret Labs. All right. Why don't we jump right into our headline topic today? I don't remember what it is. What did we put in the thumbnail and title? Uh, Your $10,000. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, Luke. Here's the problem. Go? Yes. When I set out to smartify my house, honestly, I don't even know why I did it. It was it was partly morbid curiosity because I think you and I have talked about this fairly extensively in the past. I'm not that huge into the home automation thing. I never have been. I am a, 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 a young, able-bodied young man, and I, I don't mind getting up and pressing a light switch, and that's always really the way that I felt about it. But yeah, me too. I figured, okay, we're moving into this new place we're ripping off a ton of the drywall anyway. I don't know if I've told this story publicly, but we found this um, shoot. You would your your dad would know for sure. But there's a there's a kind of there's a kind of in wall uh, plumbing piping that's really terrible, but that was used extensively oh. in the '90s. Oh. Yeah. yeah, he's he's for sure told me, but I'm not gonna remember the name. Basically, yeah. you find it in your house. You rip it out, you replace it. Yeah. There's no other way to go about it because it's not a matter of if it will fail, it's a matter of when it will fail. So we ended up peeling back a lot more of the drywall and a lot more of the ceilings than we had originally intended because Polly B, Polly B, thank you, Twitch chat. Uh, there we go. Because yeah. we had to pull all of that stuff out of the house and there's bathrooms everywhere. So once that was done, I kind of went, well, shoot. This was originally built back in the mid-90s. It is now the early 2020s. By the time I'm done with it, it will be, I don't know, the 2040s, the 2050s, the 2060s, God willing. When it comes to resell this place, if it is not wired up for smart home, a smart home is just going to be a home by that point if things keep going according to the trajectory they're on right now. So this is the opportunity 
to put this stuff in and do it in a way that is clean and professional instead of just, you know, little little nail on cable management things all, all over the house. So fine. Right. Let's go ahead. Let's freaking let's wire it up then. And part of that was figuring out light switches. Now, there's a wide variety of different smart light switches, and they all come with some kind of of terrible deal-breaking problem, pretty much. Whether it's the outrageous cost or the super-closed ecosystem, in some cases, I mean, Insteon, that's the one that shut down outright, right? That gives you an example of how bad it can be if there's a, a hyper-closed ecosystem associated with this particular light switch. Uh, Lutron, I tried so hard I tried so hard to like their switches. I bought a Caseta. I, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but I, I bought one of their switches a while back. I installed their stupid little hub that you need with it. And the second I walked into the room and wanted to use it manually, I was like, nope. Pulled it out. No tactile feedback <laughs> on it whatsoever. Oh, and gross. the switches themselves yeah. are like, like, like pennies bad. Oh. Not tens of pennies bad, Penny's bad. Like it felt like it felt like pushing down on like rotting food or something. Like it had it had Ugh. no it had no like click whatsoever. Uh, yeah, we've got we've got the chat talking about this. Like yeah, so I, I get it. I get it from a from a smart control standpoint. They might be all right. Anyway, I came across this one from GE, or so I thought. Uh, I will get more into that later. I came across this one from GE that I really liked. Okay, it has, you know, if you're reaching around a corner, given, you know, given the room, the old reach around, it's easy to tell which part of the button is up, which part is down. Yeah. It works like a dimmer switch, I would ex how I would expect it to work. You press and hold for dim up, press and hold to go down. You know, I'm a, I'm a 90s boy, had my CD Walkman, all right? You press and hold track skip to fast forward instead, all right? So it was intuitive to control for me. And what I really liked about it was that every single switch for a nominal increase in cost has a motion sensor in it. What's cool about mm. that is that while motion sensing is not a perfect way to handle presence detection, it certainly is an additional data point. And if you've got these motion sensors all over, all over your house, well, all of a sudden you've got a really cool bit of data to throw at what we're probably going to we're probably going to add to it with cameras but you've got a really cool data point to add to presence detection which can save you a freaking ton of money especially in the summer months when you don't need to be running air conditioning in rooms where there are not people that's the main concern is how can we make this place more efficient because if i blow five or ten i think it's somewhere between five and ten thousand dollars i spent on these freaking light switches but if i blow that money today over 10 years they could pay for themselves with a good implementation okay right okay so that's why i kind of went <clears throat> you know what sure Let's do that, and while we're at it, heck, let's do the blinds too, because you throw in some temperature sensing, and all of a sudden you can kind of go, or you throw in weather data, you can be like, hey, when it's too sunny, close them, or when it's, in, when it's the morning, open them up so that you have a more natural waking experience, or, you know, whatever. Like, I want to try that stuff, because part of being a tech personality is that I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to try stuff, and I'm supposed to have some kind of, you know, experience with it, so... This was my one shot, my one opportunity. Now, as it turns out, these GE switches that I not only bought, but also paid to have installed, 
throughout the entire house, which, as you can imagine, is not particularly cheap. Well, they didn't work. Um, there's a whole bunch. We got them adopted. They're, they're Z-Wave devices. We got them adopted in Home Assistant. We could see all the different parameters. Lots of cool things you can adjust. You can tell it, hey, you know, have a longer delay to start sensing again uh, once you're turned off so that, like, you can walk away from it without it just, like, turning on immediately. Oh, yeah, the default behavior yeah. does that. So you've been to my house, right? How annoying yep. is the default behavior? It's 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 a little annoying. Yeah. I also like I'm not used to my house has like almost no smart stuff. It's not a house. It's a small apartment. So I don't really need anything like there's no there's if I'm like, oh, I'm going to bed and I have to go turn off all the lights. It's like, darn, that'll take me 15 seconds. Um, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, but being in a room and having it just turn off on you like that happened to us. The last time I was there, actually, we were standing around in the room, like horsing around. We were moving around a fair amount and the light still turned off. Um, that's, that's a little annoying. Yeah. And the, the really stupid thing about it is that the second you turn it off, like it, once it reaches off, the motion sensor is active again. So as you press, you can press it, walk away from it, and it, it'll turn back on. Come on, stop. <laughs> I actually wish for it to be dark now. No problem, though, because these are all parameters that you can adjust. You can change the ramp on and ramp off speed. Um, so we were playing around with it, and one of the, one of the maybe not first things, but one of the, the first few things that Jake and I wanted to adjust was turning off the motion sensor in places where it doesn't make sense, because there could be areas where we want to use the motion sensor for presence detection, but we don't necessarily want it to control the lights. For example, in a bathroom, I might want the motion sensor to control the lights, whereas in something like a, oh, I don't know, a bedroom, okay? I don't want motion to turn on the lights. I'm freaking sleeping. Unless I unless I set it on some kind of a schedule, like I could create. Uh, is this a sex thing that you? What what are you gesturing about? <laughs> I mean, you're talking about motion on, turning on lights in a bedroom. You you have to have set that up. There's no way you didn't set that up. I I I I actually <laughs> was thinking about it completely in practical terms. Okay, practical terms. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, look, speak for yourself, but people like me, we don't need the lights on, okay, in the bedroom. <laughs> you can find your way around. My face might be all right, but there's things you don't want to look at, okay? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so we tried to turn the motion sensor off. It completely didn't work. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Home Assistant team, okay? My immediate reaction was... Man, bloody open source software, bad product, uh, home assistant. Come on, guys, you got to get your act together. I, I didn't say I it, say that. but I did think it. I thought it for a couple of seconds. And so we, we okay. kind of, we first tried to troubleshoot through home assistant. Okay, do we need to apply the setting in a different way? Do we need to try it again? Does the switch, then we thought, does the switch need a little while for it to apply? But then we went, we had a different model of switch that's not a dimmer. It's the same, it looks identical. It has the motion sensor, but it's not a dimmer. And that one worked fine. We were able to disable the motion sensor. And we went, oh, well, hold on a second. What's going on here? So we checked the Home Assistant dashboard, and the switches are running very different firmwares. After some quick Googling, we realized the switches I just bought are running firmware from, as far as we can tell, four or five years ago. And I'm sitting here going, who ships a product like that? I literally went to OnePlus's 
factory, like like Oppo's factory, and they showed me how it works when you apply software or firmware to your product on the way off the assembly line. And there should be no reason why they can't just load a, a newer, better image so that it ships with updated firmware. So supposedly the newer firmwares have fixed this so it's not selling. problem, right? So, okay, Luke, tell me, you realize the firmware is out of date on your product. What should you do? Update. Okay. How? I'm assuming because it's a, a smart home device, you could you could OTA over the air. Okay. So because I'm using Home Assistant, um, which is like a, I don't do I don't do home automation stuff. No, so that's I, I might, fine. No, 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 no. I'm just this is, no, my, no. this is my assumption. It's all good. Uh, that that could be that could be a valid way. Because I'm using uh, because I'm using Home Assistant, uh, you can push an update through Home Assistant. But it's it's not it's not just one ecosystem, right? Like it's this it's right. an amazing, yeah, yeah. amazing platform that ties in through like third party plugins and all kinds of cool stuff, ties in like most smart ecosystems in, into one one cool uh, one cool platform, one one integrated platform. Um, but what it what it needs me to do is it needs me to point it to a firmware file. Okay, so I can click the device, I can go into advanced, update firmware, and then it, it prompts me for a file. So what's my next step then? Um, you you get the file and you give it the file. Okay, well, I mean, where should I get the file? Is this, so this is firmware from Jasco, right? I'll just get yeah. it from Jasco? Yeah, well, I would think so. But oh, do they not, they don't I went have, on you to like can't download? I went to Jasco's website and the support section of their website. Okay, let's just, why don't we visit Jasco together? Let's I'm doing visit this Jasco right now. <laughs> all yeah. together, okay? I'm trying to find it. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's go on a little, what? No, not, what the just, heck? not right now. Okay, buyjasco.com. Wait, what? Why is there, what, what is buyjasco.com? Why do you have buyjasco.com as your ad and then jasco.com? Oh, because Jasco Applied Sciences is a completely different yeah, company. Yeah, it's it's by Jasco. Okay, by Jasco.com. Okay, so maybe I might click support. Does that seem like a pretty cool place to go? Mm-hmm. FAQ, resource library, refund return policy, contact us, order support, promotion details. Well, resource library maybe, right? I mean, come on, let Luke, let's, let's go through it together. Let's go through it together. I am, I am, yeah, I'm trying to, uh, the, the, the interesting thing to me is Google is auto-filling a lot of this. So mm -hmm. pe people are looking for this stuff right? and are clearly unable to find it. Uh, but yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go along specifically with you. So so what I clicked on here was resource library. Yep, okay. Um, Ooh. And then I scrolled some. down and found nothing interesting at all. Ooh, um, energy and then tips. <laughs> all right. Well, what's our next... Uh, What's our next? Uh, what's our next path so, here? What do we do I, next? At this point, the next thing that I did was I, I left the Buy Jasco website and I just went to Google and I, because I was like, whatever, I don't know. Maybe it's weird navigation on their website. Maybe I don't know how to find it. Who knows? Sure. So I just Googled Buy Jasco firmware download yeah. or firmware update. I yeah. did both. How's both of them auto filled. It, it yeah. knew both of them were things that people are going to look for. Yeah. Um, and neither of them got me anywhere. Uh, the, the first page that came up was the support page, because that's probably where most humans are going when they're looking for this thing. Um, 
but there's clearly nothing there. Um, they have an FAQ. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's like, I don't know. Maybe I don't understand this so much, but I expected there to be... Oh, this is just an... Wait, hold on. So what exact product do you have? Uh, it's a it's a GE and Brighton dimming motion sensor switch. So they don't have a section called like switches. They have Wi-Fi, Z-Wave. Yeah, you could open up the Brighton Z-Wave Cafe. FAQ. Let's, sure, let's sure. I'm going to open up the Z-Wave FAQ. Why not? Now let's control after firmware. Nope. No. Nope, nothing about <laughs> nothing. that. Nothing about that. Okay. So then, I mean, um, so what's now next? I would get angry on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. I went one step further. I mean, come on. You can't go straight to being angry on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, no. I, I, would e- I would email them or something. Okay. I would have contact support. Yeah. Well, you know what? Good guy, Jasco. Um, their, their, their number, both their local and toll-free, are listed on their Contact Us page. They have product support. You can actually contact their product support both via phone and and via live chat. So we tried both of them. Okay. And, you know, it seems like a pretty straightforward thing. Hi, I have an outdated firmware. I would like to get the updated firmware. What, pray tell, Mr. Lafreniere, do you think was the response? Um, What I hope was the response and what, based on the information that I have, I think was the response are very drastically different things. Um, I'm expecting that the response was like there is no updated firmware or no response. That's what I expect the response was. Really? Okay, you're actually wrong on both counts. Nice. There is updated firmware. There is oh. there is updated firmware from as recently as I believe earlier this month. This product Whoa. is absolutely still receiving updated firmware that as far as we can tell from the information we found online, seems to resolve the exact issues that we're having with the product. This sounds great. Sign me up. Oh, yeah. And we got responses, both by phone. I waited about 12 minutes on hold and via live chat. So we got responses and there is new firmware. So why am I mad? Is there no way to, like, upload it to the device? Oh, no. There's a way to upload it to the device. It's through the Home Assistant interface. Very okay. simple. Yeah, you can up Home Assistant will allow you to update your Z-Wave device. All you got to do is plunk the firmware file into the into the browse file explorer thing and it boop, it'll it'll upload it for you. Will it will it update the device? Oh yeah. Does it just store it? No, okay. It'll do a great job. So the new so the new firmware is on the device? No, 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 no. I well I I, I well I don't have it. Oh, they just told you that they have new firmware. They didn't give it to you. They no. Well, why would they do that? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> what did they say? Did they say they just like wouldn't do it, or like what? How, what? How did this communication happen? I don't understand. <laughs> so and they, so is... they immediately, so they very not immediately, but they very very quickly responded and told you that they do indeed have exactly what you need, and it yes. is digital, and they can give it to you no problem. But they won't. But That's they what won't. They said. Why sir, did, did they sir, say why? That, firm, that firmware is proprietary. We do not provide that firmware to end users. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so I want. Okay, wow. okay. I want to have 
I, I want to have a little a little wow. fun here. Okay. Wow. I'm so bothered right now. It's not even me. I'm so annoyed. That's, wow. Oh, man. Okay. I would like our audience members who are artistically inclined. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I should be muting. I would like you guys to draw. I, I'm actually going to request fan art for, I think, the first time ever. I would like you to draw for me the executive who made this decision. That firmware cannot be provided to end users due to because it's proprietary <laughs> i feel like i don't i don't want to offend golfers but i feel like you should have him golfing while he says it i just i just want to see i just want to see i i want to see what what this story inspires you guys to come up with and so naturally i mean i have to confess i kind of lost it I, because I, like i just <laughs> yes. i i don't i, I had the same reaction as, as you except that I, i'm out like 10 grand plus installation fees <laughs> So yeah. I'm my my anger is extremely extremely high right now. And Palpable. to be clear, yeah. my anger is not just because I wasted money. I've I've lost money. I've lost lots more money than this. Running a business, you make mistakes. You lose money. You screw things up, right? Um you hire Colton. You have you have products that don't work the way that you expected them to. I mean, we lost a ton of money on those Ursa 12K cameras. You don't hear me putting black magic on blast because of it, because at the end of the day, we didn't do our due diligence validating it. And that's, you know, that's that's our bad. It just didn't end up being as good as we had hoped. This is not that. This is not a product not needing my expectations. So I'm this is just a blatantly anti-consumer action having it be your policy your official actual policy to to refuse to provide firmware updates okay so do you know how you're supposed to get them how do you like mail it in or something through a a, like a a compatible i I believe you actually can mail them in actually i don't want to rip them all out of my wall mail them in, and then put them all back in my wall, though. That is not happening. Um, Especially when the real solution is so easy to provide me the firmware update. So the way it actually works is that you are expected to go get a smart hub that is able to, I don't know, that Jazzco maybe provides the firmware update to and then updates the switches for you. But here's the thing. Since we shot the video, we've actually done a little bit more work already on this. Step one is that there was literally nowhere within driving distance for me that I could go get a smart home hub and bring it back in order to try this. So they're just, they're not terribly accessible. So really what this means is that probably from some integrator, there's going to be some kind of hub that maybe, and Jasco would not guarantee this, maybe would have newer firmwares that might help me, but they... But they wouldn't guarantee it because they they already shipped you a device that had firmware that was four years out of date. So they don't know. Maybe maybe that version. What version? Maybe maybe the hub's eight years out of date. Because here's the model. Here's the model. The way what they've basically embraced is the US telecommunications carrier model. Whereas (laughs) the manufacturer of the device, you write Good software with new features. I mean, maybe it's not good. I don't know. I mean, we've seen the level of incompetence here. But you write software, okay? You write software that presumably is helpful. Otherwise, you might, you probably wouldn't bother writing it, okay? And then instead of sending it to the end user's device, 
you willfully insert smart home controller hub manufacturers as the gatekeepers who get to decide whether you will or won't get updated firmware that has functionality fixes and new features. And, and making it even worse, you willfully, obstinately refuse to allow end users, who by the way, can buy your products. I bought them off Amazon. Like I didn't, I didn't get it. They didn't come from an integrator. So these, this is a product I can buy and that I can adopt in my Z-Wave with my AOTech Z-Wave stick and my Home Assistant controller, which is running on a Raspberry Pi right now. So I absolutely can get it and use it, but I cannot update it. I can't use it properly because you will not provide me the firmware update that I need in order for it to actually work. How is this, how does this make any sense? I, I just Luke. I would bring up right now, like if you're if you're a developer that works for Jasco and you spend your time making these these pieces of firmware that as as far as I can tell by this story, literally no one ever gets to use. Um, I would just make sure that you know that it is a vibrant uh, tech space out there right now, and there are many other jobs you could have. And if you all quit at once, um, you could <laughs> all have new jobs very quickly. Um, <laughs> That, that oh, I don't know. I don't know how much Shazco pays, but it's very likely you could even be paid more. You could live pretty much wherever you want. There's tons of different companies that are offering work from home right now. Um, yeah, I would, I would take this opportunity for a potential career change uh, so that more people can use what you work on and it might be more impactful. I'm cool. just, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so frustrated right now. And it's just, it's one of those things where, like you said, you see, you see the auto completions in Google search because it's just flipping obvious yeah. that if there's new firmware for a device, that you should be able to download it. This is how, like, basically everything has worked forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, unless you're, um, unless you're just, I don't know. Unless maybe, you're Jasco. Unless, yeah. I would, I would say, if I had to guess, I would say that some non-tech savvy executive level individual who doesn't really understand that giving the like giving the firmware files to a customer uh, does not give them the source code of the firmware. Like maybe they just don't maybe they don't understand the difference between. And th this is this that that statement right there is actually why I brought up that like seek a new career thing because clearly the people leading your company have like no idea what's going on with you. Um, and probably have taken none of your feedback because I can't imagine I can't imagine a developer not bringing up like, hey, we should just let them have the firmware updates. Like we can even control the pipeline somehow if you want to do it that way, whatever. But like we should let our customers update their own freaking firmware. I can't imagine one of the developers hasn't brought that up. What I can absolutely imagine is whoever came up with this policy just doesn't care at all about what the developers say. That's, um, that's the only thing I can think of either. No, no yeah. engineer in their right mind. If I was, in fact, if I was an engineer, what I would probably suggest is that we not only have the latest firmware or two, but we have a form where you can request even older ones. I wouldn't necessarily say, yeah, you should have an archive of every possible firmware for it. That could be potentially irresponsible. But actually, you know what? 
with the way that they roll out updates, hmm, that's interesting. Maybe the, maybe you would want to have that because that's probably the reason that they ship it with such out-of-date firmware because there are probably smart home hub manufacturers that are running like ancient firmwares as their, as their official platform and they need to have an earlier one to update from in order to go to that one. So, so I probably would say like, hey, um, we should have the last couple and then as a as a nuclear option, we should have this like OG ancient one so that we can point people mm. to it as customer support and say, hey, why don't you try flashing that one? And then you can re-adopt like it into your thing. And it'll up. Up. Yeah, and, yeah. And it'll it'll make yeah. its way up to the one that that's needed. Um so I, I'm at the point now where it's time to decide what to do. There is not an alternative that has a good feeling switch with a motion sensor in it. So if the goal, and like I said, you've been you've been over, like the motion motion sensing, yeah. like lights turning on as you walk down the hallway, walk into the bathroom, go into the garage. I mean, it's kind of cool, right? It's it's generally quite good. Yeah. The only thing, and this is always my problem with them. The only thing is when when if you're just chilling in a room and they turn off. That's that's the only thing. But yeah, other than that, it's fine. And I will admit, I pressed the buttons sometimes, and they felt all right. Yeah. Yep. The quality of the switch okay. itself, the actual hardware, seems fine. I just need the firmware. And you know, I feel like I oh man, I feel like a lot of the time I kind of go off the rails and I get really angry about stuff, and people don't understand it. Like it might seem like you know, in a world where so much is going wrong. Really? You you can't get the latest bells and whistles on your smart light switch? Wow, so out of touch, Linus. But it's not about that. It's not about the, the magnitude of the grievance. It's about the unnecessariness of the grievance. It's about the shocking stupidity that led to and, and my time and probably countless other people's time being wasted for and no that's what I was gonna say is, reason. It, the, in a lot of situations, we, we we bring this up all the time, right? Like if it takes if it takes an influencer using their platform in order to get something done, then it's it's not necessarily a win that that thing gets done. It's only a win if the entire process changes. And that's uh, honestly, sorry, that's I've already told them that's the only outcome that I'll accept. If they yeah, say, so, "Look, we'll send you an NDA and we'll send you the firmware file," I'm going to send them one of these. Because that's not a yeah. real solution. The real solution all. is that they have a download <clears throat> portal on their website for the firmware for their products. That's or, or the like only solution. Some, yeah, some way for them to have a, a pipeline for, like, for updating their devices. I mean, I've um, seen, well, they have but, a pipeline. It's just a stupid one with stupid third party gatekeepers okay. that I want nothing yeah, I to don't, do. I don't, mean, I don't mean with some weird hub, I mean like through software or something like that. But yes. Um, so. What I was going to say is some, sometimes when you are in this situation, you have to become disproportionately loud, if that makes sense. Um, I'm talking to the audience right now, not you, because I think you get it. But when you run into something like this and you're like, oh, I'm potentially the first person with a large platform or whatever else that has ran into this problem. Um, and it's, pro it's looking at how this goes through communicating with the company. It's not like they're like, oh, yeah, here you can have it. We don't have like a public download form, but you can just have it because that would be fine. Whatever. It's not great, but who cares? Um, you, you have to be very loud so that 
actual change happens and they don't just fix it for you. Yes. Uh, because that's the actual goal that you want is you want actual change to happen. That's exactly it. And so if, honestly, we didn't manage to finish the video. The video was supposed to be kind of a puff piece. Like, it was supposed to be just, hey, Linus and Jake are, are horsing around for a few hours, like setting up some cool automations and home yeah. assistant integrations and showing you guys the potential of this like really cool technology that, yes, costs a lot more than a regular dumb switch, but if you were upgrading anyway and you have a Raspberry Pi kicking around, maybe doesn't cost as much more than you thought and for a couple of key rooms could actually be really cool. Like the idea was to just show this technology being used in a way that's really practical and makes a ton of sense. And then it turned, it turned into this just angry, bashing our heads against a brick wall. Why is this happening? And I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't remember how I started the sentence anymore, but it was just, it was so infuriating. Jasco managed to, through their own utter incompetence and or ignorance, turn what should have just been basically a free promo for their product. I wasn't even reviewing it. I was just integrating it into my home and showing cool things it can do, right? They, they turned that into, now this is gonna, has to be a multi-part video because I didn't manage to successfully integrate the freaking product and now I have to find another solution. So they basically just turned an easy W into a giant L. So what do I do now? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, there's, there's still opportunity. I don't know what you do, to be honest. <laughs> There's, there's still opportunity for Jazzco to fix their situation, though. Well, yeah, they can. Because um, it's, it's, probably, it's probably ignorance. Like you said, ignorance or incompetence. It's probably ignorance. They're probably not listening to their dev team. This is a big opportunity for hopefully their dev team to go like, hey, this thing that we've probably already talked to you about needs to happen. And they could react and add a download section or just start allowing people to, to get the files through support tickets or whatever if, else. What are the odds? Uh, if they're so willfully ignorant that they've maintained this policy up until now come on and and there's and yeah, it could i mean be, i doubt it i i mean i even asked i asked explicitly so you make the switch yes we do so you write the firmware yes we do but you will not send it to me no we will not in such simple terms, because I even thought as I was on the phone with them, I was like, okay, well, maybe this is one of those things where because it's it's like branded GE, but Jasco actually makes it, maybe there's some kind of weirdness where it's like it's someone else's IP and they they can't send it out. But, but the point is just however far this has to make it up the chain, whoever's making this decision is so far out of date that it has yeah. to be willful. Like you can't possibly... You can't possibly be working in the technology industry and, and, and manage to not understand why sending a firmware out to your end user is a good idea unless you just sit at your desk, la, 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 every time an engineer comes in and tries to talk to you. I don't know how I else mean, to put it. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a horrible experience. And we've seen a lot of home automation brands go down. You, I think you mentioned that earlier in the show. Um, 
It makes sense. It's even at this point, I would say it's a relatively young space. Um, oh, for sure. You're sense. absolutely right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's an absolute opportunity for Jazzco to just fail as a company if they don't become more. Uh, uh, I wouldn't even say that's user centric. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say if, if they don't become more user centric, but I don't think that's even fair. It's, it's like if they become less uh, oppressive to their users, because forcing people to have stuff that's like <laughs> a brand new product that's four, year, four years out of date is like not OK. Like, and I, I don't know how else to say that. Um, so they just need to figure it out and make sure that that's not like allowed to be a thing. That's it. So what I could do, Luke, is I could go out and I could buy a compatible hub. I could adopt all the switches with that hub. Well, maybe, because you don't know if that hub is going to have the latest firmware or not. That's true. Okay, but I could try that. You could try it. Okay. Fair. I could painstakingly adopt over a hundred switches to, to my new hub. Beautiful. Update Fantastic. the firmware. It is possible that I could have that Z-Wave hub act as like a daughter Z-Wave controller device for Home Assistant. We don't know that for sure. We haven't explored that. If that's not possible, then what I could do is I could, um, whatever the opposite of adopt is, I could disconnect the switches painstakingly from that hub. And then I could go around and adopt them all with their new flashed firmware back into Home Assistant. <laughs> I could do that. But unless we can use that new hub as a daughter hub, then anytime I needed to update the firmware again in the future, which as I, I think it appears to be being actively developed still, uh, I would probably have to jump through those same hoops again, meaning that that is not an acceptable solution. So here's oh. what I'm leaning to. Here's what I'm leaning toward. I wish to have motion sensing in my house, particularly for hallways, stairwells, bathrooms, utility spaces. It's It's been really nice, actually. It's really cool. The only way to do that is to get a separate device. I'll have to get a separate motion sensor, and I'll have to get that embedded into the wall. I have talked to my general contractor. It looks like they can do it. Uh, they can they can just cut a hole next to the switches and then just kind of work around the back to tap into the electrical wiring in the box, uh, hook up a 5-volt power supply. There's one from AEO Tech. It's like a 7-in-1 or something like that, moisture, humidity. Oh, those are the same thing. Whatever. The point is it does temperature, uh, UV, like a whole bunch of stuff. Put that next to all the light switches, serving essentially the same function. But at that point, I wouldn't have to have these JASCO switches anymore. And the JASCO switches... Even just using them as dumb switches is an inconvenience. There is a way without doing it through software, which doesn't work, remember, because the old buggy firmware, it doesn't work. There is a way to turn off the motion sensor and just have them work as a dumb switch, but you have to pull off the plate and like there's a third button that you have to like press and hold for and a certain not, amount of time. They're not that good. They're, they're not better than just like a normal dumb switch, in my no, opinion. No, they're not. I would I would prefer a normal dumb switch if it was a dumb switch. Um, yeah, so the way that, like it, it feels it feels good, but like we're we're being realistic with how good it can be while still packing all this other stuff in it. Yes. So what I think will happen is I am going to try to find a sponsor, maybe someone with you know an attitude chip on their shoulder, someone a little snarky, and I'm going to try and find a sponsor who's like. Yeah, we want to be part of this. And I think that through a combination... You're, you're, making, of, you're making home automation switches now? Through a, a combination... New, no, a new... <laughs> no. 
through a combination <laughs> of sponsor dollars and just plain eating it. I think what we'll do is we'll just rip every Jasco switch out rip of the it wall, all out. replace them with someone who has. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll work through the community. I know Jake's already doing some research. Replace them with someone who has a way more consumer-friendly approach to firmware, and and just uh, just have it be do a second fo- a follow-up video that's just a big f you. Now Jasco, Jasco can stop this. But the only way to stop this is not to appease me. It's not about me at this point. The only way to stop this is to fix your policies, is to educate yourselves internally about what firmware updates are, what the potential implications of sending out firmware updates are, and learning that there's only one possible outcome to this lesson that you're learning, and that is that you need to support your products through firmware updates that are readily available to your paying customers. Uh, Fair and, yes, Innovelli, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, they've been quite involved in the Home Assistant community and would very likely be on board. Yes, Innovelli has actually reached out to us already. In fact, they were the number two choice. And the only reason we went with the GE Jasco ones was for the motion sensor, because I didn't want to put those additional freaking holes in my wall for separate motion sensors, which now ultimately it looks like I'm going to have to do anyway. Innovelli actually reached out to us and said, hey, we know you're looking for smart switches. We'd be potentially willing to work with you on firmware updates and like build new features for you if you if you require them. So basically, I made a mistake. Jake pushed hard for that's, the Innovelli switch. That's, that's the other end of the spectrum. That's fantastic. And that's I really wanted cool. the motion sensor. But like, there's also stuff on the Jasco switches that I don't even know if the new firmware is going to fix because I can't get it and I can't try it. Um, like, for example, we want to operate it without a fade on and fade off. It, there is a parameter that we did get working for adjusting the speed of the fade on and fade off. But in some rooms, like for example, in my son's room, he wants to use a smart uh, bulb. He wants to use like one of those Yi lights so that he can have like RGB lights in his room. And I was like, oh yeah, that's that's cool. But smart bulbs don't always play well with smart switches. And one of the reasons is that smart switches tend to um, do have like fade on, fade off, or dimming functionalities that are not right. that don't work well with a smart bulb. Now that doesn't mean I want to put a dumb switch in there because if I wanted to do something like turn off all the lights in the house, I'd like to have the switch be controlled without having the Yi Light app on my phone tied into Home Assistant. I'd like to have a, a minimal minimal number of of apps and tie-ins required to have basic functionality. So what I wanted was the ability to set the switch to have an instant on, instant off mode that you can that you can activate. I don't know if the Jasco one has that, but in Aveli, if they don't, well, I'd be able to say, hey, hey, here's what I want. Here's why I want it. Here's why it'd be beneficial to your entire community, not just to me. And they expressed interest in working with us on that. So I think I think that's the update. Guys, you're still going to want to watch the video just because it is such an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> like, I can't express... Like, we were really pressed for time that day. We were trying to get the smart lighting video done and the HVAC update one done. And then um, this just completely threw a wrench in what was supposed to be a simple shoot where we adopted some switches, showed some cool automations, and called it a freaking day. And just... This is one of those situations where having labs like running and having the labs website would be pretty cool because I'm sitting here thinking like I 
I want to make sure because this this is a terrible thing for someone to run into, um, especially if they don't have a platform, right? Um, yeah, for sure. And I I don't want for people sure. to run into it. But if you just if you title the YouTube video like "You will have firmware problems if you buy Jazzco switches," uh, that's just like not really going to go very well. So because just because it's just very boring of a of a title. So I want to make sure that it would get traction with people that might be like, hmm, should I buy this switch? And I would hope that this this content would come up. Uh, but having the labs website, you could absolutely do something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why don't we do a couple of merch messages? We've actually got some deals right. on LTT store for this week. Uh, we are launching a new... Oh, oh, dang it. Oh, I don't have it on me. We're launching a new headphone t-shirt. Uh, okay, what is the... Oh, crap. What is the best way for me to do this? Oh, okay. The first thing I'm going to do is share you uh, Inavelli's firmware download page, which includes beta firmwares and change logs and all the things that you should have on a firmware download page. So that's pretty cool. And then the next thing we're going to do is head over to lttstore.com where we have the new headphone shirt. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. A new design from the one and only Lloyd Pan. Looking pretty sharp. Kind of audio inspired. In other news, we've got a couple of promos this week. We need to generate... I mean, look, I'm all about being honest with you guys, okay? We need to generate some cash flow to pay for our final, our final payments for screwdrivers and backpacks. I have stubbornly refused to take pre-orders on them, so I can't take your money in that way. So we're running some promos. We're doing a free shipping promo, but because of some limitations in Shopify's systems, um, the free shipping promo is honor system, in a sense. <laughs> if you kind of get what I mean. Discount code HONOR, the American way, or HONOR with a U, the British Canadian way, will get you free shipping on orders of $89.99 or more. It is intended for use with the Team Red and Couch Ripper pillows. Please don't use it for anything else. That's right. Free shipping on your entire order, okay? If you buy... All products. Here we go. The Couch Ripper or Team Red pillows in, I believe it's the largest sizes. So Team Red, 50 by 50 centimeter, this guy right here, or the Couch Ripper, which is this guy right here in the, I believe it's, uh, yeah, 65 by 50 size. So the, the big guy right here. So both of them are, are over that threshold and you will have free shipping for your entire order on lttstore.com. Don't use it for anything else. The code probably ends at midnight Pacific tonight unless Nick thinks that um, it's gotten out of control and shuts it off early. Okay, bye. That is the end of my, that is the end of my notes about it. And with that, we have some merch messages. Oh, yeah, sure. That makes sense. From Tim. Linus, did your trip to the Intel Dev Center give you any ideas for testing methods or methodologies for the lab? Oh, my God. I mean, there's so much stuff there that's just beyond what we could afford to buy, even if we wanted to. I mean, it's not like we're going to... Man, did you did you watch... Even the... Linus's blank check isn't that blank, my dude. Yeah, man, my, my blank check, it just... It's not long <laughs> enough, you know, to fit yeah. that many yeah, zeros. Yeah, yeah. It's that's, a blank short a good... check, short check, okay? <laughs> yeah. 
And cash is a little tight right now. Uh, over the next sort of 12 to 24 months, my belief is that um, through Screwdriver, Backpack, some of the other launches we have coming, LTT Store is really intended to fund a lot of the, uh, of the lab equipment we're going to need. And then my goal, uh, just to give you guys some idea of how I expect the business model to work, is I don't, I don't really expect to make back the equipment, if that makes sense. What I need lab to be is self-sufficient on like a month to month basis. So through the site, um, through any like channels, any uh, additional YouTube channels that we spin up around lab content or anything like that, I need it to be break even to cover its own payroll and its own monthly mortgage or rent, right? But the equipment, the goal is that we make enough on LTT store that we can, that we can afford those big outlays, right? and get labs to the point where it's set up enough that it can that it can coast. That's the goal. Um, LTTstore.com, you know, it's been great. It's been one of the biggest success stories for us ever, but we're not going to be able to afford a lot of. Luke, did you watch those videos? Uh, I, I watched some of them. A lot okay. to me is a Russian car. Okay. So well, there's a cooler lot Okay. So okay. I believe it's the LADA is the one that allows Intel to fire a laser at a silicon die and actually change the properties so that they can test what redesigning the um, what redesigning the chip and remanufacturing it would would do. It's utterly oh, incredible. Wow, okay. I, I didn't even think technology like that existed. But it does, and Intel has it in their in their testing facility. Like I'll never have anything like that. Um, I mean, even the way that they have uh, heated and chilled water plumbed throughout the building and then running to all the test benches. So you just turn on a tap, and then have you have a controller there that gives you the exact temperature of water you want to test. Like that's it's not the kind of thing that is likely for us to be able to do. But we are pretty sweet, though. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> But I, I guess saw there, that part. there was some inspiration. Like, I thought it was really cool the way they had their test benches in drawers. Like, mm -hmm. I, I could see us maybe implementing something like that. It'd be the IKEA version of it. <laughs> but, but well, a lot of the, a lot of their, uh, a lot of their test benches looked like, uh, and so I, I, I'm pretty sure I watched the whole thing. I'm just not remembering names and stuff. Um, a lot of their test benches looked like just like open bench table style configurations. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and a lot of their their like racks and stuff just looked like extrusion. I think we could get that type of stuff. But some of the some of the machines and things that they had, and like you were saying, that like oh, we could just set the temperature of the water to be whatever we want and stuff like that, um, without having the the loops getting all screwed up and yada yada yada. Like that's that's some pretty advanced stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I think the the benches and and having them slide out and stuff. There's there's easy ways to do that. We could do that for sure. From Eric, UEF, Cybran, Aeon, or Seraphim? I started out in UEF, and so I just never really learned the other races. Good good question. From because Aeon. of that, I do the same thing. Yeah, right, because <laughs> I taught him how to play. <laughs> uh, from Anon, I want to get your opinion on password managers. Love the idea behind them, but it's hard sure. to trust one company with all my passwords. Yeah, I don't know. Luke, you want to speak to that? Don't trust them. Good call. Um, Good call. Try to. It 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 almost feels like a necessity in the modern age because you're if you if you do like anything, 
you're going to have way too many passwords. Um, Single sign-on is becoming more popular. Um, That is an interesting thing, but that also has a very similar problem um, where one thing is going to control access to many other things. Um, I think there's going to be some major disruption to passwords and logins in the next like five to 10 years. I think there's going to be some extremely major disruption to that whole field. Um, But there is a range of security options that you can choose. There are some like self-hosted password managers that you can have. Um, So that's, that's a much higher level of security that you can have if that's something that you're looking for. There is also some expertise, some maintenance um, and some management that come along with doing that so you have to be willing to actually do that it's like it's one of those things where i feel like there's there's a group of people that will jump straight to well you should self-host it without really considering that for a lot of people even the act of setting up a password manager is a lot to expect yeah yeah for sure yeah um so that's not it's not an option for everyone and then if you if you do decide to use one um just make sure like if you if you follow some like news news setup of some type add to your feed the the keyword of of the name of that company um so that you can keep on top of it and and hope that it's like uh, open source so that the security of it is constantly being evaluated um and to be clear open make source sure is that 2fa not, is on everything is not a magic silver bullet no either. no no it just means that it's constantly being evaluated by a multitude of sources unless Um, it's a very small open source project and nobody happens to be looking at it absolutely true it could be completely abandoned where and it could be a uh, a situation where a zero day lasts forever because no one ever actually notices that it's there um so yeah it's uh i don't know the whole world of of that type of stuff is a little sketch right now unless you want to self-host but that's also uh complicated and, and if you self-host a password manager and you're not managing the backups for it properly, Oof. you're going to have a bad day. <laughs> you're going to yeah. have a really, really bad day. Um, but yeah, also, so I have heard this before. I never realized that it was a thing, but some people think like, oh, I have a password manager and all my passwords have like 100 characters in them. I don't need 2FA. That's just stupid. And like, I don't have oh, anything else to say what? about that. That's Who just unintelligent. That? I... <laughs> just okay it, it so is a thing that has names. been said no um okay. you don't even know them but okay i just i don't oh yeah um you need 2fa 2fa is like hugely powerful right now yeah 3fa if you can um and ideally you want to pick good yeah. factors sms is not a yes. very good factor for your 2FA. sms is a trash factor yeah, yeah. There's almost nothing left on SMS for me, and that is on purpose because phone numbers are so trivial to find. They and and taking them over, and the hijack. sim hijacking them, is so trivially easy through social engineering, yeah. and no amount of better encryption is going to save you from social engineering. There's- there's That's nothing the that you is. can do because the social engineering to get your phone number has nothing to do with you. Um, it has to do with the the phone company. Um, I had something to say and I don't remember. Darn it. It was probably really good though. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, if, if you have a company uh, or an organization that only does SMS to FA, um, reach out to reach out to them in some way. Uh, if if they, if you have to use them, reach out to them in some way, like the Canadian government. 
um, and ask them to support things other than just SMS. Oh my that's God. insane. Did I ever tell you about my stupid conversation with Equifax support? No. Oh my God. Oh man. So, um, Equifax, oh okay. I don't, okay. It might not have been Equifax. It might've been the other one, but for some reason I had to have credit monitoring through one of those services. Yeah. I literally got a newsletter from them talking about the importance of 2FA for protecting your own security. And this is literally like it, it was Equifax or the other one. What's what's the other what's the other stupid one? It was Equifax uh, is the main one there's that the, I know no, of there's two the there's two big ones. There's Equifax and then there's the other big one. And I literally got a newsletter from them talking about the importance of two fact TransUnion. That's the other one. So I don't remember which one of them it was. But I'm on the phone with them going, hey, you guys like have all my financial like credit information in here and you don't even support two-factor. You literally sent me a newsletter saying how important it is and you literally don't even support it. Unbelievable. What can be done? They're like, basically entry tier customers. Were, oh. like, yeah. So guys, if you work for, if you, if, yeah, yeah. Anyway, if you work for a company that doesn't do 2FA properly, please, please advocate, advocate, because it's so, so, so important. And if it's super, any kind of important. financial or otherwise personal, uh, potentially compromising information, you absolutely have to have it be required. It needs and even to be then, required. you still have to be careful because you could be holistically compromised and they could still get into your systems or whatever else. So you still have to be careful. Nothing is a... a a fully encompassing solution, but two FA is super big deal. Oh no, Sorry. the horror stories are showing really up in the chat. Soapy Mac and Cheese yeah. says T-Mobile apparently recently killed off email two FA, forcing you to use SMS. Like why? Why? I mean, I, okay, I can tell you why because sending emails costs T-Mobile money, whereas two whereas uh, texts probably don't. That's probably oh, why they run their own thing. I was going to say usually text is more expensive than email, but. Yeah, they run their own thing. That's funny. Uh, glad to hear it, Infinity Puddle. Okay, their school district is turning off SMS and moving to uh, required 2FA. Love to see it. Awesome. Good. Very cool. Good. Happy to hear it. All right. Why don't you hit us with a couple more, and then we'll move on to good, another big Good topic. job, too, to those IT teams, because I know, um, and they probably don't hear it very often, because... Yeah. Government and and uh, essentially government IT teams often have to move very slowly. There's a lot of steps that, and hoops and stuff that they have to yeah. jump through. And so a if lot you're of able to push stuff like that, that through, you have to educate. Yes. So if you're able to push something like that through, that's a big win. Good job. Yeah. Props. You're doing you're doing the Lord's work because no one else is going to thank you for you. it. You're going to get a ton of angry emails. What do you mean I have to do this? Do, do. My password's one, you two, three, four, update five. My account. And I can always remember yeah. it and I just type it in so fast. So keep doing what you're doing. It's really yeah. important. All right. Oh, okay. We got someone asking, why is SMS 2FA so bad? Because SMS 2FA, if someone hijacks your SIM, like if they call your carrier and pretend to be you and get a new SIM issued in your name, it will have your number. So if they have compromised your passwords in some other way, they can quickly go log into things, two-factor authenticate, change out all the phone numbers associated with your two-factor, and lock you out of your accounts. And it is a real nightmare. If you don't happen to be like a public figure like I am, getting my accounts back is relatively straightforward. 
I call my YouTube rep and I'm like, yo, I need my account back now. It's frozen. It's done. It's out. I'm, I'm authenticated. They know who I am. But I went through this back before that was not the case. I lost my YouTube account and getting it back took a month. It's it's yeah. a really awful, stressful experience. And, and why, for a lot of people and, like... And there's so much uncertainty. Sorry. Will I ever get it back? What else have they compromised while they've had access to my email? What what yeah. credentials are they changing? Email is basically the key to your life, right? It's rough. Sorry, Luke, I didn't mean to cut you off. There's a bit of a lag on. He's not actually here. I don't know if you. Yeah, I know. It's 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 always it's way harder to do WAN show remotely. It, it's just it is. I I remember after the like the 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 first era of isolation WAN shows when we first did WAN show back in office again. It was like whoa, this is so much easier. Um, but even the small amount of delay, you don't notice it very much when you're like gaming and stuff. But when you're trying to host a show, it's it's pretty noticeable. Um, what was I going to say though? I don't really remember. But yeah, anyways, it's it's just it happens more often than you'd think. Social engineering is a very, um, in some ways, it's like super difficult to be like extremely good at it. But then also anyone can try it, and if you fail, it's like whatever, because you just hang up. Yeah. By the way, so, can I just say, yeah. I can totally see the same thing that I went through when I had COVID and I hosted the show. Your brain's just a little stupid today. You're yeah. umming way more than usual. And you're just yeah. like, dude, I felt it all week. <laughs> I, yeah. I, that's, that's the like one thing that I've experienced. I, I, yeah. I've been, I've been talking to my like family and stuff about it. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a couple specific things cause my stuff and that's all whatever. But, um, this more than any other sickness that I've had. I just, yeah, I just feel a little lagged. You're like, you're kind else. of an idiot today. It's great. <laughs> and I mean that, Thanks, I mean that in, no, I mean that in a good way. I mean, normally you're sharp. And so yeah. when you're not, I notice. That's <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Slow mode, slow mode, Luke chat. Uh, why don't we yeah. do our sponsors real quick here, actually, before we do before we do some more merch messages. Oh, I just ripped that tab out of my browser. Perfect. That's what I needed to do. The show is brought to you today by. Bell, you got me? Yep. Are you going to put one up? Oh, we're both waiting for each other. Yes. Vulture. <laughs> Vulture offers high performance and easy to deploy <laughs> cloud servers, bare metal storage and managed Kubernetes. You can deploy instances with your own preferred OS through 12 pre-selected operating systems, and you've got the ability to bring your own ISO. Their networking features are optimized for multi-cloud deployments thanks to VPC peering and Direct Connect. And with 25 server locations worldwide, like their new Mumbai location, you can spin up a low latency infrastructure solution for wherever your users are. Vulture's Marketplace also offers one-click installation of more than 50 applications and operating systems, including game servers, VoIP platforms, content management systems, and cPanel. Plus, you can create a fully managed Kubernetes cluster from almost every one of their server locations in minutes with their new Kubernetes engine. Right now, you can receive an exclusive 30-day $100 code for new signups. Just go to getvulture.com slash LTT. That's get v-u-l-t-r dot com slash l-t-t the show is also brought to you by oh not axiom mechanical keyboards hey thanks mechanicalkeyboards.com for sponsoring this show they've got a ton of mechanical keyboards believe it or not that's right you go to mechanicalkeyboards.com you're gonna find mechanical keyboards they've got all the mechanical keyboards they got switches they've got keycaps and they've got much more for sale featured brands include taihao ducky varmillo mecco and more 
I mean, man, they might even have brands that mainstream people have actually heard of. No, I'm serious. They actually do. They have so many different options for mechanical keyboards. You want to get into, you know, different springs and lubes and stabilizers and all that cool stuff. Mechanicalkeyboards.com has got you covered. And if you don't know what you're looking for, they've got great learning resources, whether it's switches, boards, what layout's right for you, and there's free shipping in the USA. So check them out and use code LTT at the link in the video description use no use code ltt and we have the link in the video description but it's really easy okay you just remember what they sell mechanical keyboards and then you type that into your browser with com really easy i swear you got this grandpa i believe in you petermice.com for serious my my grandpa could probably handle this no problem also the show is brought to you by secret labs oh secret lab okay yes giant shout out secret lab thank you so much they sent us chairs and we we needed chairs and they like actually freaking rock i love secret lab chairs uh their titan evo 2022 series offers four-way lumbar support comes with a magnetic memory foam head pillow and is offered in different upholsteries like hybrid leatherette soft weave fabric and napa leather they're all great i actually couldn't tell you a personal favorite um man the Soft weave fabric, I'd say probably looks the best, but I didn't go with it for my land room at the new house because dun, 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 I have a cat. So in that case, you might want to go with either the hybrid leatherette or the Napa leather. They offer up to a five-year extended warranty with a 49-day return policy, so you're covered if anything goes wrong. And what's really great about Secret Lab is that we've been working with them a long time, and they have done a great job of addressing community concerns that have been raised with us. I mean, that's a big thing that we look for in our longtime sponsors, so massive shout-out to Secret Lab, uh, putting customers first. You can save up to $130 during their spring sale. We're going to have that link down below. Great chairs and great people all right what do you want to talk about next mr lafreniere um let's see what we got here how many emer- we did a few merch messages yeah um we can br- wow that's a really long topic god you're so Kotaku gassed on game pass xbox put them on blast can the subscription model really last this is a super long topic what i saw was that kotaku mentioned on i think it was twitter that they were like burnt out on Game Pass or something. Interesting. Um, and then and then Xbox just like flamed them saying something along the lines of like, tell me you only ever play AAA games without telling me you only ever play AAA games. Um, and oh, I think okay. that's the whole story. And then the notes are like an entire page long. Um, but it says, can the subscription model really last? I, I think yes. Honestly, everyone that I've talked to about the Xbox Game Pass for a long time has been very happy with it. Um, and I think we're in one of those situations where everyone's going to be really happy with it because companies can be very aggressive on pricing and availability. Yeah. And then once everyone switches over to not buying games and just being on subscription models, then we're going to have too many subscription models and they're going to cost too much. Um, the yep. same thing that's happening with video streaming services right now. It's I think we're going to go now. through the same it's thing. It's basically freaking oh, cable. Terrible. It's cable now. Yeah. And there's all these people putting their their pirate hats back on, um, and and I think we're gonna we're gonna go down the same path. But right now, in this exact moment, things like I would I would probably say, especially Game Pass. In my opinion, I think Game Pass is probably the best one. Um, oh, but it's an Game extremely kind of strong value. Yeah, Game Pass is insane. Like the the value proposition on it is nuts. But and the then value proposition of Netflix was nuts when it was seven dollars too. And how long did exactly. that last? 
a, a fair amount of time, but yeah, it's completely gone. Uh, and I, I strongly believe we're going to be going down the same path. Um, but yeah, Kotaku's point was just like stupid. And honestly, Xbox was probably right. Um, they probably just play like new AAA titles and there aren't a ton hitting right now because it's not the time of year that they usually hit really hard. Um, if I can give a shout out for something actually super cool that I'm personally very interested in that I think is launching today um, is a, a mod for Elden Ring co-op, um, which makes oh. me like way more interested in playing it. Oh, I'm because... down to play. I haven't tried it yet. You down? Yeah, me neither. Let's so play. sure. Yeah. All right. I mean, right now I'm probably just going to die constantly because <laughs> brain lag. But... Brain lag. <laughs> but you know, um, but the yeah, it's uh, not input it, lag. It, it's, it's output lag. <laughs> <laughs> the screen updates and looks like. Hold on a second. I died. Um, but yeah, it, it looks amazing. You can you can look it up. It's made by a, a, a well-known modder. It adds a lot of the things to to multiplayer Elden Ring that a lot of players would want. I understand that a lot of like hardcore hardcore Souls players are gonna be like, that's not the way the game's meant to be played. I don't care. I like co-op games. Um, yeah, co-op's fun. You can you can both mount at the same time. If one of you like dies during a boss fight, it yeah, switches to a spectator mode, so you can watch your buddy play. Oh, that's um, cool. It I'll it be doing scales. That a lot. You can play with you can play with up to four people at a time, and it scales the difficulty of the game based on the amount of people that are in the lobby. Wow, that um, sounds like an amazing mod. Like it's extremely like... well done. It's like literally everything I would have wanted from Elden Ring multiplayer is theoretically going to be in the game. It's going to be launching on Nexus mods. Um, wow. I don't. Um, that sounds like like first party tier games, feature set. Like what I, I mean, I guess we'll have to players. try it and see if it's any good. But like, yeah, dang. like it, it's supposed to release today. So I mean, I haven't played it yet, but it's supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely, like, fantastic. Wow. Um, hey, I, there's a good comment in Twitch chat for a change. Doomwalker42 says, imagine gatekeeping how an RPG should be played. That's ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what you yeah. said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I will roleplay however I wish. That's the whole point. Um, it looks like it's, yeah. I, so I'm pretty sure it launched today. It already has 21,000 downloads. Cool. Um, like it it yeah people are people are on this it's called seamless co-op for uh for elden ring so yeah maybe check it out i'm definitely going to check it out um but but yeah i know there's there's not a ton going on right now yeah. for for new large triple a titles which is probably why you're bored of game pass if well, all you play yeah, is new large AAA titles. May. but here's an alternate it's, perspective it never happens Mike Rose of indie developer No More Robots claimed that Game Pass is guaranteeing success for dozens of devs every single month by paying them their, their entire dev costs and then some on day one. He went on to explain that normally you launch a game, it costs X to make, and you hope that your game plus marketing was good enough to make X back so you can start making a profit. If you're on Game Pass at launch, it's likely you've just instantly made X on launch day. That's That's incredible. I mean, that's what... That's what we wanted for this model was to have more predictability to your income as a game developer because we've seen that that feast and famine just chew up and spit out studio after studio after studio. And some of them folded, some of them got acquired, but the story is ultimately the same, that as they scaled yeah. up the ambition of their projects, they reached a point where risk. they just, yeah, where the risk was just too high and they couldn't keep going. So yeah, yeah, Game Pass. 
very cool. Yeah, so I, I, I don't have a, like a huge amount else to say about this topic. I just I saw that tweet too, and I kind of laughed at it as well because it's like there's just so many games on Game Pass that there's just like no way that unless unless you have that like fatigue that people get with things like Steam, or if they own like 500 games, they're like I have nothing to play. There's like at least 50 games that you know they'd be excited to play, but they don't want to scroll through the entire list and like look into each one and actually remember why they were why they bought whatever they bought or why they wanted to play it or maybe they got it in a pack of like 10 things from humble bundle 10 years ago and they don't know that it's actually good or whatever else um but there are so many things in xbox game pass then that unless literally all you do 16 hours a day is try to play through every single game in your game pass library and even then i don't know i feel like you wouldn't have made it all the way through yet. <laughs> Like yeah, there's I an insane amount of content. If you're in not there. finding anything to play in Game Pass, you might not be opening. You might not be broadening your horizons enough. Try something yeah. new. You might like yeah. it. You might hate it. But hey, you didn't pay anything for it. It's Game Pass. That's that's yeah, the beauty just of it. Try and something else if you to hate be clear. It. Like I'm, I'm saying I, you know, I'm supporting Game Pass. I like, I, I love the idea. I actually don't have a subscription to Game Pass. Um, you actually what? I don't have a subscription. Me neither. Yeah, but it's really great. I mean, I like to I like to buy games on sale and then play them at my leisure. I like to own my library of content, but I consider that a luxury. That is it's an utterly unnecessary yes. luxury. I I have friends that have Game Pass and I have recommended Game Pass to some of those friends and I have recommended Game Pass publicly before. Um the reason why I don't have it is cuz I, I will recommend it because it's just a very good deal. And if you're trying to be economic about things and all yeah, that type savvy. of stuff, which a lot of people should, then it probably makes a lot of sense to to go with it. Um, the reason why I don't is because I'm trying to lean more on my my stuff, which is where I, I buy like as many physical copies of, of games basically as, as possible. Nerd. As long as it's not nerd. like, nerd. you know... You know when they switched PC games to like you go buy it in the store and you get a box and inside there's a With sticker the that's the code? Yep. That's stupid. I don't care about that. I'm not buying those. Um, but like for Switch, I buy as many physical games as possible. For PC, yep. I, I buy it. as many like buy it one time, own it forever games as possible. Um, and, but that's that's a personal thing. So that's up to other people to decide how they want to deal with that. We should probably jump into a couple more topics because I realized I have a badminton night thing uh, that I forgot about. Oh. Yvonne showed up kind of hovering around the WAN show set, and I think that's what she's trying to remind me of. Uh, Vaughn, is that is that the thing? She's going to get my children. Wait, does that mean I don't have a car? Uh, you got me. Uh-oh, that could be a problem. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, uh, AMD Ryzen 7000 launching this fall. It could be really fast up to 5.5 gigahertz with architectural improvements they're expecting a 15 percent single thread increase in cinebench uh given the clock speed the ipc gains look pretty small but it'll be built on five nanometer tsmc more level two cache with some ai shiz that has no actual details all desktop processors will come with an igpu alex clark puts i personally love this because it makes troubleshooting so much easier it is actually a really valid point that's I, I, the only reason I think I, 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 that one's not a big deal for me. What I love about it is just that AMD's onboard GPUs are freaking awesome. So having a value option is something I wish we'd had two years ago, but hey, I'll take it now. Uh, DDR5, no support for DDR4, it looks like. 
um, PCIe 5 with four more lanes than what we have on Intel's latest platform. Support for up to 170 watt processors. And in their keynote, AMD showed a 16 core processor completing a Blender render in 31% less time. This is sort of a strange way to put it because it means that the CPU is 45% faster, notes Alex. It's entirely possible that AMD is being very conservative with their claims. All right, let's go ahead and talk about iFixit, starting to I sell Steam Deck parts. Yeah. yeah, this is super cool. Here, they created, uh, I'm just going to share my screen real quick here, because, da -da 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 -da, who did this for me? Anthony Young, what a guy. Anthony created a nice little list what of all the parts lad. you can buy and how much they cost. Now, this looks like the pro move, all right? You buy the cheap one, upgrade the storage DIY, Grab the 512 gig screen with the anti-glare etched glass and boom, there you go. Maybe flip your standard screen on eBay for someone who broke theirs. That's looking like a pretty good value, huh? Changing out the screen is a bit of a is a bit of an ordeal though. But it can be done. Yeah. It should be noted if you were hoping to get a Steam Deck sooner by buying all the parts and putting it together yourself. I would say that the cost probably doesn't make a ton of sense. It's $400. That's for the 512 gig display, but that doesn't include everything, like not the SSD or a bunch of the buttons and the heatsink and stuff. So there's parts that um, are not currently being sold just yet. iFixit says that new parts will come back, will come online in the next few weeks, responding to out-of-stock parts by citing very high demand for their initial shipment of components. Uh, it could be a good or a bad thing, depending on your point of view, right, Anthony? Uh, that's uh, a very good point. iFixit's main issue with the Steam Deck is the inaccessibility of the battery. That's something we talked about when we did a teardown of it. It's glued in place and buried under flex cables. Another complaint was that the thumbstick's capacitive touch wires and the unit's USB-C board are soldered in place rather than modular. Those are relatively small, though, notes iFixit, compared to other consoles. And the deck is leagues ahead of the competition when it comes to transparency and repairable design choices. So, I mean, it's sort of old news at this point, but good guy, Valve, thank you very much for that. Are there any other headline topics we promised to talk about and haven't yet? Um, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Twitter fined $150 million for misusing 2FA data. Uh, Twitter misused 2FA data of its users, mis misrepresented its security and privacy practices, profited off of users' data, misused phone numbers and other personal info to target advertisers, and Twitter used users' 2FA phone numbers and email addresses to allow advertisers to deliver specific advertising to them. Uh, they violated an FTC order from 2011 that prohibits social media companies from deceptively using personal information. Uh, Twitter allowed users to use other multi-factor authentication methods, such as mobile authentication apps or security keys that do not require users to provide their telephone numbers. Uh, they must notify uh, users that it misused phone numbers and email... Oh, as part of the suit, I guess. They must notify users that it misused phone numbers and email addresses collected for... Uh, account security to also target ads to them and provide information about Twitter's privacy and security controls. Here's uh, what and needs they must to implement. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. No, go for it. It's fine. Here's what needs to happen. Okay. <clears throat> there needs to be a centralized fund that these companies pay these fines into, and the money needs to go to the end users. If you're going to use my data, I want to get freaking paid for it. Like, what, what benefit is it to me that they then get a slap on the wrist? that gets paid to like the same entity that wastes all my money so it can waste their money too. 
like I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I'm the one who was harmed, right? Am I not? So why are they paying a fine to the government? So what I'd like to see the government do is instead of just taking this money, padding their pockets, is I would like them to create a system by which these fines and I want fines. I, th I think to be it's like the every time. I think it's like whatever organization in the states. I think it's the IRS goes after tax stuff. Sorry, I'm not. 100% on top of American yes. things. It's the um, in the US. Yeah, where they like fund themselves by catching people that are doing tax fraud things, right? I suspect this is a similar situation. I'm assuming the fine goes to the organization that, that caught them doing this. Well, um, I don't know. All right, whatever. Basically, I'm telling you guys how I think it should work. I think the users I, whose rights I were think violated should, just... should get paid. I think it should be way worse. People are saying it's um, called a class I, action. Yes, you could do that, but it's it's a ton of work to organize. It should just happen automatically. Like laws should matter and companies should be fined and people should just automatically receive the money. Like what year is it? If all our personal information is going to be out there anyway, it might as well be used for our benefit for a change. Give me my money. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my hot take for the day that's very wishful thinking linus says twitch chat yes it is i know i just I think know. like at, a, at 150 million dollars for all the users that twitter has you're gonna get like five cents um but maybe maybe both maybe the maybe the fine has to entirely cover the government's costs and also you have to like pay whatever amount that you uh gained from users to the users that'd be cool um, I don't know. Child, I think that's it for headline topics. So. Child Dude No says, in the past few videos featuring the Corsair 4000, you keep unscrewing the entire front part, yet you can just rip off the front panel and you can just pull off the mesh. It's been making me mad as someone who owns the 4000D. Okay, I'll have to have a look at that. Um, I've got, a, I've got a, a fan art to show. Firmware by Jasco. I don't think it's the greatest fan <laughs> art, but it's a, an attempt was made. So that's nice. Thank you for that. I <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to be overly critical. It's uh, it's it's good. It's good. It's good that you tried. That was good. Uh, we've got a few curated merch messages here. Uh, just a reminder, guys, whether you want to send a merch message or not, we have free shipping on orders over eighty nine ninety nine. We intended it to be for CPU ripper, uh, or excuse me, uh, what, what do we call it? CPU rip? I, no, couch ripper. Couch ripper, thank you. We intend for it to be for the large size couch ripper or the large size team red pillow, but there's no actual way for us to limit it because of Shopify's stupid limitations. So it's just on any order over $89.99. Uh, it should run until midnight tonight or Luke might pull the plug if it gets too bad, but just telling you guys. Uh, let's go through a few and then I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to run. I have like seven minutes. From Ryan. I've sort of become the unofficial tech advisor for my workplace. I love helping, but it can be tedious at times. Any advice on how to politely educate on smaller issues without seeming like I'm trying to avoid helping? Documents, knowledge bases. Yeah. Um, link them to link them to a video. Make it, make it, you know, just say, hey, I'd love to help you with that, but that's uh, a little more involved than, like, basically, you have to help them understand that they have to be willing to help themselves. And if they're not willing to put the basic work into reading an FAQ or watching a video that helps give them a primer so that you're at least speaking the same language when you're trying to help them, then you just got to say like, hey, you know, I really need you to, 
you know, you, 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 there's got to be like a push and a pull here. You know, like I, I, I can't just be pushing all the information to you. Uh, you you got to be you got to be willing to to educate yourself you know one of the things that was a big change for me is i used to try to respond to every email to our public email asking for tech support uh this was back like you know eight and a half years ago right uh when it wasn't such a, an incredible volume and i reached the point where i just couldn't do it every evening from the moment i got off work which was late to the moment i slept which was even later i would just sit and reply to tweets and i would reply to emails just like helping people with tech problems i'm like look at a certain point I made myself a, a, a template email and it basically was just like, look, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. Um, you need to go post on the forum or something like that. You got to crowdsource, you got to crowdsource this information. It's just not, it's not tenable for me anymore. And I would suggest something along those lines, like point them to a good resource, point them to r slash build a PC, point them to linustechtips.com. Um, and if they, and if they exhaust those resources you've provided and they do not find a solution, then Okay, you know, fine, fair enough. Maybe you can make some time to help them out. But they gotta do, they gotta put the work in first. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm ordering my Uber now. So, Bell, do you mind locking up tonight? Of course. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, and also, then I'm just Bell, gonna sprint want... out of here when when the when the car comes. <laughs> uh, what's next? Uh, oh, sorry, Luke. I can I can finish up merch messages with Bell. Okay, cool. We, well, we, uh, we as soon as it comes, out. I'll I'll go. It says it's gonna be about eight minutes. Yep. Um, from Odin's Raven, desk pads are awesome, but my beautiful wife wants one in white. Nick and I talked about this white. today. Today. My concern, and this is me being a total dinosaur executive, is that if we make a white product, y'all are going to get coffee stains on them. You're going to post pictures of your amazing setup with my white mouse pad in it, and it's going to look ugly. And it's going to be bad, bad promotion for our in my opinion, quality, beautiful product. And I had this argument with Nick and Sarah back when we did the GPU Wasteland one, and they oh. got me to agree to do a light-colored mouse pad as a limited edition. Before we even received the finished units, I had gotten Sarah and Nick to do a complete 180 on it because Sarah had spilled coffee on hers twice and it looked like ass. So that's where I'm at on it. Nick brought it up to me again today, and I said, yeah, I'll consider it. But I just I, I just don't think people should buy it. That's the ultimate problem, is I don't want to make products that you're going to... I know you're going to eat your Cheetos. You're going to drink your Mountain Dew. Okay? I know it because I'm you. I'm there. All right? You're going to ruin it, and, it's, and then you're going to want a new one, and it's just more microplastics and more garbage in an already full of plastic and garbage world. I would rather that we make something that you're gonna use for 10 years than something that you're gonna use for 10 months. That's my stance on it. And that's why we haven't done it. Stop I know being it's a gonna be like a lot of them. Says Twitch chat. There's also a lot of people I saying just pre-coffee stain the mat, but like rings stain. of coffee mug on the mat could work. Uh, I know oh. it's going to be a lot of them, but we should go through any that are specifically addressed at, at Linus because he's going to head up. Oh my God, it's not going to get here for 15 minutes. I'm going to be so late. <gasps> okay, I'll be fine. Everything will be fine. From Jackson. Yes, Jackson, hi. Whatever happened to the gold Xbox controller and the diamond play button PC? Our potential buyer for the gold Xbox controller uh, 
well, got sort of screwed over by COVID. They wanted to come pick it up in person. I can understand that. I'd probably want to do the same thing. So we haven't sold it yet, which means it's still somewhere. Um, to be clear, when I say somewhere, I know where it is, but I'm not telling you exactly where it is because it's like kind of valuable and stuff. So it's still somewhere. Um, and if someone wants to buy it, I'm, I'm open to it, you know? Can you can get in touch? It's not going to be cheap. I consider it worth more than just the gold, and I want to finally make some money on that project. So there you go. <laughs> I'm being upfront with y'all. As for the diamond play button PC, it still 100% works. It's actually in my office on my test bench right now. It's amazing. It's so quiet, and because of Thunderbolt, you can even put like a rip in GPU, and it's freaking awesome. From many people, any updates on the screwdriver or backpack still aiming for the summer, uh, or any changes in that? Backpack has gone to fabric cutting, which means that it is one step away from mass production. All the testing with, uh, I think we use Chima, it's the company that we use for our testing. All testing passed with flying colors with respect to durability and uh, water resistance. So it, it meets our goals internally. Actually, for durability, it blew our goals out of the water. It's a freaking durable bag. And so that is going into mass production. Should be this summer, but you never know. The worldwide shipping is a, a, a mess. There could be locked. I don't know. You got uh, what, what? What's the new? What's the new disease? Uh, like monkey, monkey, pox. monkey. You got monkeypox, monkey right? Like I, I don't know, man. So it'll be when it is. And as for screwdriver, we should have the final fix to the ratchet next week. We're pretty darn sure it involved a new mold. So we weren't able we weren't able to fix it by changing the zinc housing. We had to fix it by changing the mold for this little rocker inside it. And with that new mold, we should be able to enter mass production for those as well. We've got a lot of parts already shot, so people might not realize this, but it actually qualifies to be labeled made in Canada. All the plastics are were designed and shot here in Vancouver. The actual um Engineering was done here in Vancouver, Richmond, and Langley, I think, like all by companies within this region. Uh, the patents are owned by Megapro, who's a local company. They're in Port Kells. They're our neighbors. Uh, the only thing that's being done overseas is the zinc housing for the ratchet, and then I believe we're doing the shafts themselves. Uh, are the bits done overseas? Okay, I can't remember. I think the bits might be in Taiwan, and then I think the shaft and the, the zinc housing for the ratchet are done in, in China. But um, but yeah, it actually, because of the, the way the costing works out, oh, and the final assembly is all done here, it actually qualifies as a made-in-Canada driver, which is pretty cool. What was I going to say? Where was I going? To? Right, so a lot of it's actually done. Like, a lot of handles are shot already and sitting, waiting for assembly. So as soon as the time comes, we're going to be ready to rock, boys, but it's going to take some time. I think the capacity of the of the ratchet factory is like 30,000 units a month or something like that. So we're going to, once once we have that locked in, we're going to go. We're going to be ready. All right. From Christopher, Christopher, sorry. How do you feel about the firewall, firewalla firewall boxes? I just got the firewalla gold. Amazed at how Apple-like they've made the firewall slash router without Wi-Fi. It's the first user-friendly networking monitoring equipment. I have never heard of it. I'm sorry. Luke, have you ever heard of Firewalla? You're muted, dog. Mute King strikes again. Dude, I did so good until the end. Uh, uh, no, I haven't. That was a, it's quite a, quite a mouthful, though. Yeah, it's a cool name. All right. Um, from John, what's a good 4-8 to eight bay NAS brand? 
Hmm. You want the NAS build that we did recently in a Johnsbo case with your own computer in it because it'll be way better. Just run, uh, run uh, TrueNAS and it'll be awesome. That's what you want. Yes. Ask a DIY. Ask a DIY person. Get a DIY solution. From Carter, having recently wrote a research paper on passing right to repair legislation, I was wondering if you think there's any situation where right to repair should not include third, par third parties due to quality, or if first parties are responsible for the quality issue. I'm not sure if I fully understand your question. I was wondering if you think there's any situation where right to repair should not include third parties due to quality. Oh, I see. Um, or if first parties are responsible for a quality issue. So no, the first party just simply shouldn't be liable for anything that goes wrong with your self repair. Yeah. I mean, I think that much has been clear for many, many years. I mean, that's that's yeah. the reason why Ford is not responsible if your local mechanic shop puts bad brakes on your car. They're responsible. Yeah. Like this is already the the craziest thing about the whole right to repair argument is that we already had it. It's already completely solved decades ago. We just need to look to the automotive industry where yes, they are required to produce service manuals and they are required to support devices with replacement parts for some certain amount of time or facilitate the existence of these replacement parts. Like this is already a solved problem. <laughs> so everybody shut up and do the solution we already have. <gasps> Sorry, okay, not, no, 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 I'm, I'm calm. I'm calm. I'm not panicked at all about being late for this thing that I'm a guest at. Whew. Well, to make you feel better, we have another question from Guther. What's a product you wish you had reviewed when it was relevant? Oh, wow. Vita, maybe? That would have been pretty cool. That's such a cool product. And I just like, I never shared any thoughts on it. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I've just, I've had kind of retro consoles on the mind. So I, uh, what about you, Luke? What's something that would have been pretty cool. I don't know. I'm thinking. Oh, um, WRT54GL. The legendary. Oh, uh, yeah. Honestly, that would have been sick. Yeah. What a legendary product. Remember when Linksys yeah. was cool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For us normal folk, what is that? Uh, it's a router. It was like the go-to oh. router where the L at the end meant that it was Linux compatible and you could run third-party firmwares, which at the time was like a big deal and not that common, that Dude. enabled all kinds of cool functionality. Like you could build a mesh network way back in like freaking the mid-2000s with these things, way before like, you know, the kits you can buy today with like your home mesh setup or whatever, like way back then, like NCIX's freaking Wi-Fi ran on WRT54GLs that were like zip tied into the rafters in the warehouse. Like that stuff was so OP. So sweet. There, there's this sweet spot with technology um, where like, honestly, for me, I don't want it to be too good because there, there's this sweet spot when it's still kind of jank, but you have an enthusiast core behind it that's really motivated and they make some some stuff for it that's like really cool and it still exposes a lot of its a lot of the ways that it works and you can tinker with it you can do things and it's and it's awesome but it's it's performant enough that like when you get it in place and it's done it's actually like a really good experience that's the sweet spot dude when stuff is in that situation it's great and you know that it's over 
when it's not really that fun to play with anymore because you can just set it and forget it and it's going to be fine anyways. And that happens with like almost everything eventually. It gets too good. And then I it's like just both. like, ah. Uh, but that's the fun of being on the cutting edge, right? It hurts a little, yeah. but it's fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the, that was an extremely fun era of like home networking. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Relating to our Game Pass conversation, Reed asked, where do you see gaming pricing going in the future when cloud streaming becomes a norm? Do you think we'll just pay for a subscription? Will we buy games or rent games? I don't see the model changing much for the foreseeable future. Game pricing has been so stable for so long that I think it's pretty clear that if there was any way for the industry to push pricing up, they probably would have done it. Uh, there's there's whole like deeply analytical articles and videos about oh, yeah. why yeah. games still cost 60 bucks. Um, so I think you should maybe just explore that rabbit hole. But I think that cloud streaming is ultimately not going to change that model because for the people that want to own a copy of the game as much as you can own a, a digital license in you know the the game uh, app store of your choice or whatever, um, I, I don't see why they would discount it any more than they already do. And I don't see how they would get away with increasing the price if they haven't already. So that's kind of my take on that. From Joshua, love the content. What's your take on the new major browser exploits going around? First Chrome, now Firefox. I've been really busy. Um, every day at work, I do script reviews and meetings and shoot videos. And then I go home and I work on setting up my house. So I actually didn't hear about it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I've been like sick and haven't really heard about this. But yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> From Michael, I just got a new job as a civil engineer in a large company. How do I convince them that if you pay me over six figures, providing monitors larger than 24 inches is probably worth the investment? There is nobody at our company still stuck on 24-inch monitors. That's stupid. The amount that it costs for a 27 or better yet, an ultra-wide, particularly if you are working them spreadsheets, is it? it's like... It, the calculation for when the productivity is worth it is on the order of like weeks, not months, like the break even point. Like that's, you, you can send them Fast. this, Michael. It is so much faster and so much more efficient to get your work done when you have that extra screen, screen real estate. And for how little, like a 27 or 32 inch monitor costs these days, especially and if you're a large company doing civil engineering, um, it's trivial. It's trivial. And and a second monitor. Uh, yes. He said monitors, so I'm assuming that he has two, but I'm just making sure. There is there is productivity increases beyond two monitors. They get pretty small, but they well, are depends. there. But if you have getting like to internal, that second monitor is super If you have like internal chat or tickets or something like that, that kind of always need to depends be up, it is. I need yeah. a third monitor. That's just the way it is. You, you yeah. got your two for what I'm doing, what I'm referencing, and what I kind of need to be aware of. Yeah, it depends. And we, there's industries where you need like six to nine at, at like a minimum. That's so true. it depends what you're working on. But like for any random person, almost no matter what you're doing, getting a second monitor is an immediate massive improvement to productivity. Okay. I must go. You got to go? I think right. that's the I'll end of the what merch messages anyway, though. Oh, nice. Awesome. Okay. Well, hey, that was a fun show. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.
Bye. <coughs> do you mock me, sir? Yes, I do. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Bell, I need to run to the sidewalk. Uh, okay, are you gonna? Uh, here, I'll turn off the thing.